Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today is the week we have been looking forward to a lot. It's the week before the World Championships in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We are going to make a big preview episode for our podcast ahead of these World Championships. And as per usual, I am joined by Twan Adissa. Hello. Hey everybody. Tom will also do a contribution on the first two categories. Thanks Noah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to a great weekend of racing coming up. But that's not everything. You will also be hearing from a number of riders in this episode. Specifically for this episode, we spoke with Madigan Munro, Ava Holmgren, Scott Funston, Ian Akert and Caleb Swartz. You will hear fragments from what they had to say in this episode and their full stories will be released tomorrow. In addition to that, Riders who we spoke with earlier this season, such as David Haverdings, Katie Klaus, Clara Honsinger, also fragments of their interviews will be put in this episode. If you are interested in listening to the full episodes with those riders, as said, tomorrow of the specific five riders will be uploaded, but the other riders you can already listen to their interviews as a podcast elsewhere. Let's get into it then. The World Championships this year will, as said, be held in Fayetteville, Arkansas the second time the World Championships are held in the United States after Louisville in 2013. There was only one race on this specific course earlier, that was the World Cup at the beginning of this season. The course has undergone a couple of changes, and we'll hear from Madigan Monroe what she has to tell about the course itself. Maddie, you raced on the course earlier this year during the World Cup. Could you tell us a bit about your experiences that you had with the course there? What was it like? Yeah, so it was a bit crazy for the World Cup, actually, because the day of the race, we had a ton of rain. So all week when we were practicing the course, it was very dry and very fast, almost like a road race um, with one really short, punchy climb. So that was kind of the all out effort of the lap. And then the day of the race with all the rain, it changed so much and it became a very heavy mud race. And really, the mud just played a huge factor in the race. It was much slower and more of a bog and a lot more technical. The current weather forecast show us that we could expect a dry and fast course. I've heard some people say that the course, if dry, would be too easy. How do you think about that? I wouldn't say it's too easy. I would just say it's going to be very different. I think maybe it's easy in the fact that it's not going to be as, like, the weather wouldn't play a factor. So that what would make it really hard is the high speed and and having it be similar to a road race and having groups of riders pushing each other really hard versus maybe more of an individual race with the mud. Um, I think either way, it's going to be a really hard race. Isam, we just heard Madigan Munro speak about the course. We spoke with her a while ago. By now, we've seen some pictures from the course. We know a bit more about the weather conditions. What can you tell us about the course? Well, it's uh, definitely not uh, what we have seen um, earlier this uh, last year in the beginning of the season. That was a totally different circumstances. Uh, was muddy, very tough. What we see now is a very fast parkour, but the profile of the of, of the parkour is not flat, and that is something to keep an eye out for. Because you can use a lot of your power, but there are still some some tough climbs in it. And yeah, it's gonna be a very fast race, in my opinion. If the 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 weather is going to stay like this then obviously it's going to be a very fast race and that's going to be very interesting for the worlds because i think that's going to make put that element in of strategy and 
a little bit more tactical racing. The course for now indeed looks very fast, but that's not really the truth to it, because I've heard from people who are there that the temperature difference between day and night is more than 20 degrees Celsius. That means that during the night the ground freezes, and this means that there's usually a thin layer of frozen water on the grass, so ice, that melts, but how much it melts depends on how much the sun goes on it. If it stays in the shadow, you get this situation where the top layer is melted, but the layer underneath is frozen. And that we have seen that earlier as well in World Championships longer times ago. And that always made for interesting racing. So that in a way is for now not guaranteed. If the sun goes on, then you are most likely to get a fast course. But with the current conditions, we should not expect a Formula 1 track as we saw in the early phase of this season, for instance in Bredene. But indeed, the course should make for some tactical racing. The first race we will discuss is the men's elite race. That could be a tactical one as well then. But I would like to hear from you guys who you guys think is the top favorite in your opinion. For me, I think it has to be Pitcock, you know. He's really shown on these big days, but he can really find his form and, and step up step up the level. And yeah, we didn't see him taking the win last weekend at all. But I think perhaps in Flandrian Cross, if he had not slipped out in that corner, we may have seen him on the top step of the podium. And then, yeah, I think in uh, Hugo Heide, there was rumor he did some very hard training as well around this race. And I'd fully expect him to uh, really step it up a level as we've seen him before in the big races. So Pitcock is my pick from me. I think the the biggest name uh, that pops up in my head is, is obviously Tom Pitcock. I think that this is his main goal. Obviously the big two are not here, but he is going to be participating. And, you know, the preparation has been going quite well. I think that this is his most important goal of, of, of his cyclocross campaign. And he worked, you know, everything that he was doing was just to be good on, on in the Worlds. And that is obviously going to be one of the main favorites by the men's category. I can only agree with some, I mean, uh, Tom Pitcock. Uh, looking to be the favorite... Um, it will be very interesting uh, to see what the Belgian men are able to produce and how well they put on a challenge for him. But I expect a Pitcock that is uh, at very good form as uh, he aimed to be here at the World Championships. Uh, he should be, well, he should just have that comfortable percent over the rest of them. So all three of you have named Tom Pitcock as the favorite, the clear favorite also, but... Personally, I don't think that his season deserves to be crowned with him as the top favorite for this World Championships. Or well, in a way, it does. He should be considered to be the main favorite. And that is because he has had a very strong season. He was usually the rider that was behind Van Aert when Van Aert was riding. I do indeed agree with what was said, that he did a lot of hard work this weekend, that he probably was a bit tired in Hamma and Hogerheide. But if we look at the total picture, I think Pitcock is maybe a bit better than the rest, but the level is not significant that I think it's fair to speak about the fact that Pitcock is the clear favorite. I think he has 
this percentage point ahead of the rest, or at least in my opinion. But I see a close group of riders behind him, or a group of riders close behind him, and then I personally think about riders as Eli Isabit, as Stone Arts, of course. Quinton Hermans would have been on that list, but he tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be participating in the World Championships. How do you guys see that? Do you see Pitcock as the clear favourite that's going to demolish everyone? Or do we need to be more cautious about that? Yeah, so I think it will be interesting with the slightly different kind of non-European parkour. Right now it looks like it could be a pretty fast race. And I think some of the fast starters... We'll see really up there as well. And I, I think Izebit, Van Turnhout, those two, and perhaps two knots as well, we'll also see kind of fighting it out in the front. I don't think Pitcock will ride away. He's not kind of done this previously this year so far. But I think it will be uh, after a couple of laps, the race will settle down a bit. And then, yeah, we might see Pitcock pushing on and, and dropping the opposition. Yeah, I, I do think that. There is definitely a gap, but it also doesn't require too much to close it, especially when it's a faster parkour. It's just harder to make the differences, and a lot of it is going to depend on when you're going to make mistakes and how are you able to pull out the gap. I do think Pitcock has slightly better papers because I think he is able to make up for them a bit easier than the rest of them. Let's go past that list of outsiders then. First rider, Eli Isabit, Isam. Well, how do you see his chances? How do you think he should tackle the race? Well, he should be uh, starting well. That's something he sometimes struggles with. So I think for him, it's going to be key to be at the front and try to force something. Uh, I mean, if they're all just going to be sitting in the wheel of Pitcock in the last lap, that's not going to be the, the smartest decision because we have seen Pitcock is also very fast in the last lap. And, you know, his sprint is uh, phenomenal as well. So you don't want to do that. If you... If you're willing to beat Pitcock, you need to beat him with the weapons that you have. And I think if Iserbeet is going to make it a fair 1v1, it's going to be a bit difficult. But if he can use the guys that he has around him with the Sveik, maybe even a Tonarts, you know, then everything is possible. And then it's going to be, there are going to be a little bit more chances for Iserbeet. And I think he has been doing a very good season. Definitely, you know, one one of his best seasons maybe at the elites and it's 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 it wouldn't surprise me if he will be very close for this title easier beat after the world cup in hogerheide in his interview said the belgians should take lessons from older championships they need to appoint me as their clear leader maybe with tone arts as co-leader what do you think about that comment then i mean it's a tactical left from him. I mean, he's probably one of the last guys to say that, considering what he has done in the European Championships. And Izerbeet is always a guy yeah, that relies on team tactics. If you look at the way he was, you know, he's doing the same thing with Paul's house. They have to ride for him. But when it comes, you know, if he needs to return the favor, he doesn't do it that often. And that is that is Izerbeet that we know. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. He wants to win. And I think that he... For himself, he thinks that this is what he needs to do to make sure that he is going to have a, a greater chance of winning. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a smart comment, but I think that um, he wants to try to put some pressure on Sven van Turnhout, the head of the Belgium selection. I do think that it's a smart comment. Izebiet is building a wall around him. 
I mean, he can say after the Belgian champ or after the World Championships, if anything goes wrong in terms of team tactics and there is no clear team tactic made, he can say, oh well, but last week in Hogerheide I said that we should play team tactics. I said that they should have put the eggs in my basket. And if they do that and he does win, people will say that it was justified. If they do it and he fails, well, then we'll have a, be having a similar conversation as after the European Championships, where it did seem that Isabit was the leader, but at the end of the day, there was no leader at all, and Isabit rode back Van der Haar, and Van der Haar eventually took the European title ahead of six, seven Belgians. So I think Isabit has done a good job by making that comment, at least for himself, getting some leverage. I don't think that the Belgians should be riding as a team generally throughout most of the race. Because what more can they do on this super wide course than just annoy Van der Haar and Pitcock? I mean, it's not easy to let a gap fall here because there's hardly any technical sections. I also have my doubts about Arts and Isabit. I don't really see Arts going to be a domestique for Isabit. They have too much of a rivalry themselves. So I don't think that that should be... A goal in the first place of course if Isabit at some point has a gap of five seconds or no matter who the Belgian is the other Belgian should not try and close that gap with the rest in the wheel but I also don't expect big team plans where you have like on the road riders working for each other I also don't expect that but it's always the same every year we talk about the Belgian block Tuan what do you think Belgian block this year yes or no no um there isn't the element of trust that's needed, I think, um, as was mentioned before in at the Van Berg at the European Championships, uh, either be riding back from the Haar. It's uh, it's one of the very few opportunities in a season to show arts, uh, to show the other Belgians that you're like willing to work for the national team, and the other one is like the World Championships. And I think arts will look at that and be like, I mean. I'll like half do it, but if it really comes down to it, um, and Van der Haar is in my wheel, for example, uh, maybe with Pitcock not so much, but I'm just going to ride there and I'm going to try and win that world title, even if it uh, can blow back at us uh, with a, a second or third place instead of one world title. I can, however, see team tactics being played within the Belgian team if you were in a situation where there was a lot of Powell-Sauzer riders at the front, Laura Zweig, Michael van Toerenhout, now also Tom van der Bos, who is the replacer of Quinten Hermans. And Michael van Toerenhout, in my opinion, is one of the outsiders. Tom, I wonder what you think. Do you think that van Toerenhout can become world champion? Because van Toerenhout isn't a winner. He's always up there, always consistent, but he usually doesn't win a lot. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a really open race, obviously without van der Poel and van Aert. And I think it could be someone like Van Zornhout who just has a, a really save a ride of their life and, and takes the jersey would not surprise me. And I think he's shown this year he kind of took his biggest win in, in Namur. And that was obviously a, a race which was really tipped for, for Pitcock. And uh, yeah, I think I wouldn't say he can't do it. I think he's shown he's, he's got the speed. And if he can put it all together on the day, perhaps we could see Van out, coming home with the rainbow bands. Next on our list of outsiders, Lars van der Haar. Tuan, what do you think about the chances of van der Haar? If we would be looking at the Tabor and European Championships period, I would be 
really scared if I was like some of the Belgians and Pitcock uh, or Van der Haar on this kind of course, but he just doesn't quite look like he is completely there. Uh, but he is still going to be very solid and someone that you should expect to see at the front. But he, I don't think he's quite at that top level that he had in that period. But don't you think he looked extremely strong in Hogerheide? I think he looked good, um, like very good as well. But uh, I, I still think that uh, relative to the rest, he, he doesn't have that extra little bit that he had in Tabor and the European Championships. I do think that we will see an extremely strong Lars van der Haar. I think that Lars van der Haar will be probably my first rider to set behind Pitcock in, if I was going to make a prediction. Because Van der Haar, he's always there at championships. I mean, of course, there's a couple of exceptions. But this year, European Championships, prime example. It was his first win of the season. His second win was just a week later in Tabor. I agree, following his knee issues that he had in Kortrijk, it wasn't as good anymore. But the last couple of weeks, third place in Hulst, very strong ride in my opinion. Then in Herentals, fifth when he was just preparing for the Dutch Championships where he easily won. In Hamme he got fourth and he wasn't actually really going for it there either. And then in Hogerheide he really was there despite the crash and running the barriers. And especially that. He ran the barriers every lap losing 3-4 seconds there. And he made that up lap after lap. I think that Lars van der Haar is definitely, definitely one of the riders that's going to do good because i always remember van der haar as this championship rider in louisville the worlds he was really good there the course should suit him and in other worlds he was also good from the top of my head i remember the world championships in zolder where he almost became world champion i i count on van der haar i expect that van der haar even against the best pitcock will be a serious serious opponent if we continue our list, we come to the teammate of Lars van der Haar, Toon Aerts. What are our expectations for him? In my opinion, a little bit of a dark horse. I don't think, you know, he can always ride quite well. Championships for him is also something that he can uh, he can do quite well on. I think I feel that he is um, always can find something in his back pocket in a championship. Always rides even if he's in a lost position, but. It's difficult. I don't really see it for for Arts. I don't see the, you know, he was very good in in uh, in Hogerheide. Obviously, he had that issue with the barrier and lost a lot of time, but then came back quite, quite quite quickly. Last lap wasn't really there, but obviously, you know, he felt that it was not going to be worth it to try to bridge that gap. It was, you know, was not going to be able to. He just came short, uh, and then just let the last lap completely go. Um, but. Yeah, I think for 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 arts definitely at top five is possible. A podium is possible, but I just don't see him go uh, on the podium with the stripes um, on Sunday. For arts, I have the same as with Van der Haar. He's always good as championships, as you said, Isam. And I think this course should suit him because we know that arts is a rider who makes a lot of mistakes on the technical sections. What I saw in terms of form in Hamme and Hogerheide was pretty promising for Arts. But indeed, I don't necessarily see him become world champion. What do you think, Twan? 
It's just a very hard course for him to actually do it. Like they, anything, they need to make like a super tough race out of it, and then he just needs to find that one moment where everyone is like half sleeping and trying to like free wheel a bit, and then he needs to go. Um, and I think that is his biggest opportunity, but you still have to find it. But don't you think that the course is something for Arch? It has a big climb. It doesn't have that many technical features. It has a set of stairs, which is good for arts. And compare it to the Crossy One that was in Zonhoven. That was also a fast course. Made one mistake that was a crash there. Came back and then indeed found that perfect moment. And that is something that arts does more. Find the perfect moment to attack and catch the others by surprise. I think only championship is very tough. There, there will be like maybe like one or two moments where it's possible, but he, you really have to grab them. So there definitely there there is possibilities, but it's just very hard uh, for a rider like ours to win on such quick parkour. A last name that is considered to be one of the favorites is Lauren Zweig, the winner of Hamme. He hasn't had a great season. Tom, what do you think that Lauren Zweig can do here? Can you see him actually become world champion? Yeah, I think, uh, if, again, he could be another outsider. He's shown he can really have the level on some of the big days. Previously, Belgium champion, for example. And I know that victory in the Flandrian Cross will have really given him some good confidence coming into this weekend. And yeah, like you said, he's stepped up his game in the last few weeks. Fourth in Flamanville as well, I think. And yeah, potentially could be an outsider for the podium. Although I think he prefers a bit more heavier parkour. So it will be interesting how it plays out in Fayetteville this weekend. I think we've now discussed the main riders who are considered to be the candidates to get a medal. Do you guys have any dark horses for a good result? And with a good result, I mean getting a podium or outside shot at the podium, or is it really these guys? In my opinion, I don't really see someone battling it out other than the names that we already have mentioned for for a podium at least i mean for it to five always you know everything is possible and crashes are there the mechanics or mechanical problems are there as well so that is always a thing um, but other than the names that we have mentioned for a podium i don't really see it happen that someone else will squeeze his way through to to get on that podium um, i don't see it happen maybe not for a podium but any dark horses for a top 10 well, I can kick this off. I don't think it will be really a surprise, even without the, the lack of Dutch and Belgium riders. I think Felipe Oortz will certainly be in and around the top 10. And I'm, I guess maybe he might even be hoping for kind of top five finish. He's just been knocking on the door of the top five recently. So I would definitely give a tip for the Spaniard Felipe Oortz. Well, it's going to be interesting Interesting what Hecht is going to do. Uh, obviously, on own soil the americans obviously going to be very motivated to to have a good result here in, in, in or there in vietville so i think for him that's definitely going to be very important to be to be doing well so i think you know he will try everything to get at least in the top 10 and show himself uh, at the front maybe in the beginning of the race um other than that yeah interesting to see what philip Orts will do and, and, you know, just the, the usual suspects that normally are a bit outside of the top 10 are now having a chance to, to get a top 10 maybe on such a big, you know, podium. I think Joshua Dubot is someone that is 
probably looking for a top 10. Kevin Kuhn has been riding quite well, so there are some names that are that are able to, to get a top 10, and that will be interesting to see how that will play out as well. Personally, I could see Clément Venturini be in that list as well. He's been doing pretty well in the last couple of races. Maybe not as great, a couple of races with bad luck as well, but could definitely see him in the top 10. And if I look further down the list, personally, I'm interested to see what Eric Brunner can do the american let's see what his countryman caleb swartz has to say about the chances of eric brunner yeah i mean eric eric is an incredible rider um eric was a rider i wished you know he made his decisions for himself and doing was doing what was best to not come to europe but as he was one person who i wished i could have seen race in europe because i would have i really just wanted to see how well he could do honestly um yeah i definitely should not discredit eric um mostly going off gauges, great race there last time. And same with um, Curtis, you know, both incredible riders. And I, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say what happens when you take six weeks off from racing to train. I mean, but you don't forget how to race your bike. And if you're accumulating all that fitness and all that rest, I mean, you can show up and do some, do some pretty incredible things at worlds. Um, so I think there's nothing, there's no reason Eric, would be able to have just a pretty incredible um, finish. Time for some predictions here for the men's race. Twan, what do you think? I think a victory for Tom Pitcock, a second place for Don Arts and third for Lars van Haar. So my prediction is Pitcock, Van Isabit, and then I'm going Michael van Zornout for third place on the podium. I have a feeling... Pitcock is not going to be champion, and I don't know why. the The facts are there; everything is there. He should be the main favorite, but there's something that I just feel that is just not going to be going the way he wanted to go, and just not just not going to have his day. I think, I think Van der Haar is going to to be the world champion, and then second for Pitcock, and then third, Elizabeth. You know, Isam, I think. I have that feeling as well about Pitcock. It just hasn't exactly been going his way. And that is something that, of course, on the day itself can happen. As said, I believe that Pitcock is the strongest rider here. I just wonder if things will come together for him. I will be predicting him for the victory ahead of Eli Isabit and then uh, third place again for Tone Arts. Let's then talk about the women's race. There, two riders who aren't there. The number two of the UCI ranking and World Cup, Denise Betsma, had fever, decided not to travel. Anna-Marie Worst, the runner-up of last year's World Championship, out with COVID. Bad news. But, for us at least, we are looking probably at the battle Brand Vos, regardless of the riders who aren't there. Yeah, I think these are the two big names. Brandon Voss, especially now we're missing uh, Betsema and, and Worst. But I also think that I believe it's Cataplanca uh, Vash is riding up in the elites this year. And yeah, I think she can also be a, an outsider for, for a medal and even, even a win, perhaps. But yeah, I really think it's the two big favorites definitely are Brand and Voss. And I fully expect them to be a, a one two. 
but perhaps third place maybe a bit more open yeah i would probably agree with that um of course very unfortunate that uh riders have to miss out on this occasion because we have seen this season that uh on the day that it went very well for Anomi War, she was actually able to take victory and then she was able to challenge uh deep into races um so it, of course there's also outsider factor uh a few of them dropping out so they can make the race very interesting but uh, indeed the main two favorites are uh, blunt and Vos. and out of those two who in your opinion is the main favorite Ooh, i think it's a tough one to call but if you had to make me take my pick i think the experience of of Vos will pay off in in this situation so i'm i'm going for marianne Vos. it's just very hard I think on a parkour like this to get rid of Mariana Vos because you're going to have to try so much but every time you try more and she holds on yeah she comes closer to the sprint and you're a little bit more tired so I think Mariana Vos has to be the favorite for the women's race. Isam who are you backing? I lean more towards Vos but Brandt is someone that that will always fight till the end and if she can crack Vos you know, then there is always a chance, but I think it's very hard. I think if Foss can go till the last round in the wheel of Brandt and is able tactically to play it to play it smart, and we know with the experience that that Foss has, she you know she can do that. Then I then I feel that that Foss is just going to be that little bit better and be able to to bring it home. In my opinion, it's very fair that we only look at these two riders for the main battle for the win. Some stats, Marianne Vos this season won 56% of the races she started. That means 5 out of 9 races. Lucinda Brandt won 17 out of 27 races, equaling 63%. These two have really been the dominant riders this season. Most of the time, the only riders that could come close were the likes of Fem van Empel, Puck Pieters and Sherin van Androoy. They are racing in the women's under 23 category. So I think it's fair that we only look at these two. I agree with what you say that Vos is the clear favorite or at least has the clear advantage in a sprint. But what can Brandt possibly do here? What? How can she do this? Because she knows if I go to the finish with Vos, I'm going to lose. As probably 95% or maybe even 99% of the peloton thinks. But it's also so hard to get rid of Foss as you already, as Twan already mentioned. But what can Brandt do? How should she start this race? I think she she should go fast in the beginning and try to, to make sure that's going to be a selective group. And then just hope, hope that maybe a very good Fash is going to be there in the wheels and let Fash go. Just don't try try to to let Foss just work that little bit extra and then and maybe try in the last two laps put her under pressure and you never know uh, i think she can play tactically i don't think that is something that Gerben de Knecht wants to see but you know maybe you have to gamble just that little bit and just hope that that Foss is going to be working more than she is sit in the wheel a little bit more try you, you have to try something. I mean, if you're not going to do that and, and just let Foss to be in your will for the whole race, we know what the outcome will be. So she has to try something and maybe it's not the most... It's not the, 
I, I would say that it is not going to be the least controversial if you're going to let someone from another country right away, but then just let FOSS clean it up for you and don't do it yourself. And then after that, try try an attack and uh, try to break FOSS. But does it have to be FOSS? Can she not also start a bit slower, sit in the wheel of FOSS and basically pull the reverse card on FOSS? Because she tried to do that in Hogerheide, actually. It was Brandt waiting a bit, and we saw that Voss wasn't too happy to do a lot of work in the beginning. But what I did see was because Brandt was sitting in the wheel of Voss, where normally when other riders attack, Brandt is the one who closes the gap. This time it was Voss who closed the gaps. If she doesn't go out super quickly, in my opinion, even in the absence of Worst and Betsema, I still see a group at the front with three or four Dutch women and then Vash and maybe one or two other riders. And in that case, it could be someone like Avarado or perhaps a good Kastelein or Manon Bakker or Inge van der Heide. One of these riders could then see an opportunity and then both riders could be like, hey, I'm not doing it. Hey, I'm also not doing it. Or perhaps false things. Well, I don't care. It's an orange shirt. I will react because it's always... You need to make a decision, personal interest or country interest, and those will conflict. And I mean, it depends who you ask, what they will say. Sven Nijs, the team manager of Brand, probably will say, let Fars ride. The Gerben de Knecht, the coach of Lucinda Brand for the World Championships, will say, whatever you do, do not let Fars ride. Fars is the only one you should really keep an eye on out. Make sure that she doesn't win. So I think that that could provide us with some interesting opportunities. But on the other hand, I still think that if we go into the final lap with a bigger group, the acceleration that Voss and Brandt can put in, as we saw in Hogerheide, is in my opinion significantly good that it doesn't matter with how many riders they go into the final lap. These will to the, be the main two riders. What do you think, Tuan? Yeah, of course, the two, these two are the main two riders. And I think for Brandt, uh, you try and push the pace early and if it doesn't if it doesn't work um you just sit back hope that other people make it a little bit hard for Vos. sit on her as you guys suggested already and then put everything into one attack and hope it sticks i feel like that's the only thing brand can do and Vos can gamble on more cards and therefore in my opinion is slightly ahead of brand but i expect a great race and don't forget, if we go back to the first race of Foss of the season, that was Waterloo. There we saw a great battle between these two, and Foss overtook Brandt on the place where you normally would say that's not possible. I would be very interested to see what happens, because Brandt is somebody who does not let you pass easily. She will shut the door on you with this stonehead section at the end. If Foss is ahead there going into that, I see Brandt pull some crazy move to try and come alongside. I think this is going to be a cracker of a race, not an anti-climax as we saw at the Dutch Championships in Rukve. This is going to be a thriller, could be one of the best races of the weekend, even of the season. Maybe, okay, I'm not going to exaggerate, I'm not going to say of the century, but it's going to be a good one, I feel it. In terms of the other riders, we have already mentioned Vash a couple of times. Do you see Vash then as the clear favorite for the third place or are there more opportunities or are there more other riders yes certainly i think firstly another dutch contender will be alvarado yes she's not shown uh, had some injury 
problems this year, I believe. But previously multiple world champion and I think she will be coming back fighting as she returns to form, hopefully, in time for this race. And of course, we couldn't forget the local American rider, Clara Honsiger. I think maybe this course might not be really suited to her, in my opinion. But for sure, on her home soil, she's going to be looking to give those American fans something to cheer about. And potentially one of the best medal prospects for the USA in their home championships. I mean, obviously, with uh, the fact that Betsema and Vorst are not going to be there, it's opening up a little bit. I think that Fash definitely is, is the main woman for, for that third spot and for a podium. Um, and then, you know, you have to look behind. Maybe an Alvarado that can save her season with a podium, in my opinion. Castellan hasn't been riding quite well. Bakker is finding herself a little bit at the end of the season. Persico, obviously, after winning that Italian championship, is feeling quite confident and is riding also very well the last part of the season. Uh, and then we have to just yeah look at what's going to happen. I think Magali Rochette is probably going to be motivated as well, but we have to see what she is able to bring to the table and see you know what comes out of, of her. I think that she will be motivated, but you know you don't only need motivation, but you need also a very good shape, and uh, that is going to be key for this race. Tuan, what do you think about the chances of Magali Rochette for potentially getting a podium? I think it's just a very talented rider, of course, and there is definitely opportunities. The problem is to think that, I don't know, it's just a bit hard. Uh, Cataplanca Vash currently, I think, comfortably sitting in third in that group. Uh, it's really yeah, thinned out, of course. Um, I don't know, it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, again, uh, another North American rider, I think certainly will benefit from the, uh, do you say, the more local conditions. Again, it's a bit of a travel down from, from Canada, but I'm aware she's been in, in and around Fairfield for a while now and skipped the last couple of races in Europe since the national championships. So, yeah, it will be interesting if, if that plays to her advantage. I'm sure she's been able to get some good training in the legs. And yeah, I'm sure she'll be really aiming aiming high, but whether she can reach the podium, I'm not so sure about. Perhaps maybe top five finish for her. Yeah, of course, it's a bit of a, ga- a guess, not a gamble. It's a guess to see how Rochette will do after a long time without competition. Will be interesting to see. And I mean, if I come back to Vash, I do indeed see her as a favorite for third spot, but it's actually crazy that she is skipping the under 23 category, racing with the elite, was if she was going to be racing in the under-23 category, she would probably need to settle for third or fourth, which is the same place as she's looking to be considered for in the elite race. It's pretty crazy if you think about it that way. Tiny start field here, I think, in terms of riders for a potential shot at the middle, we've had it. I don't believe in the chances of Sonnekant. Of course, there's nothing for her, and in general, her season hasn't been great once again. It's kind of the reality that we need to set into, or maybe more the Belgians. But maybe one of you thinks differently about that? Yeah, so Kant took the national title in Belgium again. Was it, uh, I think, the 13th consecutive title, I think? And uh, yeah, she, she kind of was able to pull that one out of the bag every year. And yeah, multiple world champion as well. But again, her results just haven't quite been been there these last few years. 
So perhaps with a, you say, a bit of a weakened field, we might see her more in and around the top five positions, whereas previously maybe she would have been only looking inside the top ten. But yeah, I think you can uh, say Kant could be a bit of an outsider for that third place spot on the podium. Last name that is a must mention, Clara Honsinger. She came on the podium here in the World Cup earlier this season. Maybe not her type of weather conditions, but what do we think that she can do? I'm not gonna lie, I completely forgot about that name. It's um, definitely someone that, if it's going to be a faster parkour, that is not going to suit her. But who knows, if they start just a little bit slower because of that championship and being a little bit nervous, she's going to have some time to get to the front. And then who knows, but you know, realistically looking at it, I think if she finishes in the top five, it would be already a very very good result and she would really surprise me if she's able to to fight for the podium it is in her ability but i think if it's going to be a fast race it's just not going to be happening i think and i said the final name but one i will be interested to hear what you think about helene clausel she's had a very good season sometimes a bit inconsistent but she's proven to do well in both fast and slow conditions yeah, I think a very interesting name indeed, uh, but uh, probably more looking indeed at the top five. Uh, if she can hit the right kind of form, it might just uh, be one of those uh, crazy good results for her. Time for predictions then. One, two, three. Tuan, what do you think? I think we'll see Marianne Vos winning ahead of Lucinda Brandt and Cataplanca Vash to fill out the podium. And like I said earlier, I'm going Vos with the experience first. Second for Brand and third, Cateblanca Vash. Yeah, I wanted to say false, but I feel like I shouldn't I shouldn't be doing that. I, I will I will I will go for Brand and then second Cataplanca Vash and then I think third let's go with false. And I, I it's gonna be a very bad race for false then. I don't know. <laughs> I will be going with the win. For Vos and then Brandt and then third place, I am going to just go with my hope, Magali Rochette. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it likely? No. But would I love it? Absolutely. Three names who you just didn't hear in our Elite preview were the names of Van Empel, Van Anroy and Pieterse. Riders who have been at the front this season in the elite races a lot. They raced the under-23 championships here in Arkansas. Who out of these three names are you personally backing for the win? I think on this kind of parkour, uh, I would uh, love to see what uh, Van Van Empel can do. I think this is really something that suits her a little bit more than the other two Dutch women. And do you think that because it's a fast course and that she has the probably one of the best sprints out of the peloton and that means that she can basically play the same role as Foss? Yeah, definitely. And what do you then think, Isam? Yeah, I I would maybe say before Hoger Heide was uh, what you know happened, I would have said the same thing. But I think after Hoger Heide I have seen a, a very strong Puck Petersen and I think that that Pietersen is maybe peaking at the right moment. You know, that race was where also Van van Empel was, was a very fast race, as we have seen. And Pietersen was able to, you know, to pull when when Vos and Brandt were there. Obviously, when the two went, um, 
she wasn't, you know, she wasn't really able to answer, but then overtook Brandt again, uh, got beaten in the sprint, but that is not a real shame. I think that she got a lot of confidence out of that race in Hogerheide, and um, I, I think that, that Petersen is, is, is definitely, in my eyes, maybe the, the clear favorite. Yeah, I think so as well, that Hogerheide definitely gave Petersen the confidence she might need for the World Championships. One disadvantage for her, no barriers on the course. I think without the barriers in Hogerheide, she would have been closer to Van Empel instead of around Brandt. Nevertheless, throughout the season, Peters has proven to be the best under-23 rider, or at least the most consistent. But Peters is always consistent. Van Empel has had these highs throughout the season. Of course, the World Cup wins are two of those days in Val Sol and in Flamanville. Those are crazy days, and if Van Empel has a day like that, it's very hard to beat her. Tuan already mentioned it, she can count on her sprint, one of the best sprints of anyone in the peloton. But I think we should be in here for another cracking battle, because we haven't mentioned Van Androoy a lot. It was briefly mentioned just now, but yeah, I mean, Van Androoy has definitely been up there this season as well. Not as much in the spotlights, mainly because she has a bad start, but... In the last couple of weeks, the start has been okay, and of course, she got a podium in Hamme. Maybe a bit less in Hogerheide, but that's what a double weekend can do with you. That second place in Hamme, for me, definitely shows that we should also not count out Van Androoy. And yeah, I just think it's going to be a very open race, and it wouldn't surprise me if we go into the last lap with three riders together. It's going to be hard um, for them to be with with you know in a complete with three going into the last lap because I think the way they have been riding with the elite women they're not shy of going in a in a very hard pace. Uh, they all want to. I think Van Empel is the one that would be focusing more on the last lap, while Van Androoy and Petersen are more. You know they they tend to even mid race go just that little bit harder. Um, just pull without really looking behind. I think they they are more fearless in a way with just trying everything to make sure that the one that is sitting in their wheel is is going to crack. But then again, you know that is when the elite women are there, and they didn't have a lot of under twenty three races where they raced against each other. So it's going to be just that little bit different because those championships are always a bit harder, you know, to to have a guess of what's going to happen in it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of unknown and uncertainty. I think it's going to be a fantastic race, as I said earlier. But I think that what is key for Petersen and for Van Androoy is to ride with courage. They need to team up together. If they want to become world champion, they should not go into the final lap with a fresh Van Empel. They need to have tired her throughout the race. They need to play games with Van Empel. They need to put her under pressure on the technical sections, although Van Empel has good technique. But if you go to the final lap with three and Van Empel is still fresh, there's no way you're going to drop her with one acceleration. But if you have tired Van Empel and force her into the lead and then attack from behind her back on the climb, well, we already know they will take about 30 seconds to do that climb in the dry, which is quite a while and it's pretty steep. So if you do that and she's already tired, then it's enough to make a difference. But if she's fresh there, 
Well, then I don't think that there is anything you can do against Van Empoel if she's fresh going into the final lap. We saw that in Flamanville, for instance, where Peterson throughout the race arguably was a bit stronger, but eventually missed out on the win in the final lap. Of course, we can't ignore the other riders on the start list. There are 29 riders on the current start list. The start number will be a bit lower due to a couple of riders not racing. But who do we think behind these three leaders out of these names who do we think can be the rider that in case there is bad luck for one of the three top favorites can take advantage of that and grab that third place or if there's no bad luck who do we see as serious contenders for top five i think that um with uh burkier and Fukunet, you know the french are having um, a strong uh, under 23 um selection and you know they they will be definitely fighting for a top five. It will be interesting to see what uh, the British champion Harriet Hardman will do. Will do. I mean that is definitely something that you know see what what, what she's uh, going to bring and obviously what the Americans will be able to do with uh, America Monroe and Katie Klaus. That is obviously also interesting to see if they can excel in 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 their own country and. Yeah, then you come to the names of maybe a Zimanova or a Schreiber. Those are also uh, ones to, to watch for, for a potential top five. But, I mean, it depends really on the race. If it's going to be a very fast race from the start, I mean, they will be on their place quite quickly and the one with the best shape will be trying to chase the three in front. And, you know, that's it. it I hope that we're going to see some of the battles behind the three, but I'm... Um, I'm quite positive about it that is probably going to be only the three in front that we're going to see and that they kind of forget about the rest of the field okay time to make some predictions here then Twan you already said Van Empel is your big favorite will you also be going with her for the victory yes I will uh, Pietersen will be finishing second and Van Androy to complete the podium and what about you Esam I will uh Put my belief in Puck Peters uh, for the win, and then second place for Shirin van Androoy, and third for Van van Empel. I will be going with Peters ahead of Van Androoy and Van Empel. Let's talk about the men under 23 race. This is a race which is wide open. I think we can name six favorites for the win or maybe even more. But if you guys would need to choose one name, Tuan, who do you think is going to become world champion? I think it's uh, it's a very hard one, um, but uh, I think I'll go with Thibaut Nice. Why do you think that he's going to become world champion? Um, I think Thibaut Nice uh, was also like very strong at the... European Championships, he knows how to ride a tactical race and he's very fast at the finish line. Um, and I think he has come back quite okay from his uh, injury. So uh, I, I think he'll make a uh, good impression. And Isam, do you agree with that? Thibaut Nice, world champion? Nah, it would surprise me if he would do that. That would be an extraordinary um, um, result from him. No. I, I think that... Um... We we can look maybe at the Mace Hendricks is very strong. Huh? Um, Ryan Kamp has been doing okay. In some occasions, even very good. Cameron Mason, I think those are more the names to look at. I think that Nice, 
I, I have I have no idea why I have that feeling. It's maybe because of that he had some good races, but you know, it was not only good races that I've seen from Thibaut Nice. There were some uh, less convincing one, if I can put it like that. And to put him as a, uh, a, a title contender is understandable, but I don't see him automatically be the main favorite to win in the under-23 category. I think that Twan is right. I do believe in a nice world title, but I do not think by any chance he is the top favorite. I think that I am mainly looking at the Dutch riders. Last week in Hamme, Pim Ronhaar very, very strong. Ryan Kamp is also very good. He was with Verstringen. They were sprinting for the second under-23 place in Hogerheide. That was the second place behind Mace Hendricks, who won there. I personally am putting my money on Mace Hendricks. If I were to bet, I don't bet, but Mace Hendricks is, in my opinion, the favorite. He's had a very good season. He's always there at championships. He is in form. The course suits him. I am backing Mace Hendricks for the win, but I expect severe opposition from Kamp maybe not as much from Verstringen I know Verstringen has been in good form but I still don't really think this is a course for him Van der Putten hasn't had the form Michels is having problems with his back Viseure just don't see it but we haven't mentioned Cameron Mason Mason was second in Hamme this year won the World Cup in Dendermond do you guys believe in a world title for Cameron Mason as well? Oh, I have mentioned him, but and I think as well that he is definitely going to be one for for the podium. I mean, he is. Um, we have seen very good things from him this season, and a fast parkour is not something he dislikes, and he has the technical ability to to get himself quickly through the corners, and he can maybe use that rivalry of Belgium Netherlands to just sit a little bit behind, don't do a lot of work. And if we have a very big group, just try to make sure that you're out of the wind every time and don't do a lot of work. Try let the others do everything for you and then have a very good fast last lap. And then you, you never know. I, I see him actually as a dark horse for, for a title. Of course, he did have a problem in Hogerheide, which forced him to retire. It was some issue with his body. Didn't say more about it, but he also said that it should be solved for the World Championships. think this could be an extremely open race. I don't see anybody right away from this. Personally, I already said my favorite is Mace Hendricks. Kamp and Ronar also made a good impression on me. Normally, I would have also put Jente Michels here, but since that issue with his back, it just didn't sound good. It said as uh, just in the race it all of a sudden was there i've never had back issues but it was super serious and that just doesn't sound good either it's a very good show that he put on there and it was just to push away the pressure because we do see injuries be made up the week before or the weeks before the world championships not saying that that is the case of course it would be very unfortunate for him because he has had a good second phase of the season and I do believe that he did have back issues. He doesn't seem to me as a type that would make up a story for that. But yeah, I think personally Hendricks as favorite for the title, as I already mentioned a couple of times now. But Twan, you went with um, Thibaut Nice. But who do you see besides Nice as your riders that you will be watching for in terms of winning the title standing on the podium? 
I think there there's just a lot of names there. Um, there's a lot of Dutch guys. There's a lot of Belgians as well. Um, I think uh, Putter is just one of those guys that you always have to watch out for on the right day. Uh, Ronhaar, Komp, Hendricks, as you guys already mentioned as well. Uh, all very good riders. I just don't think they have the same sort of sprint as Thibaut Nice. So I think he can ride a little bit more relaxed uh, throughout the race. I can see where you are coming from and it is going to be an extremely open race. Let's listen to one of the riders who is participating, Scott Funston. He will tell us who he thinks is the top favorite in the men's under 23 category. I haven't been up there in the, the front groups, but I mean, my guess would be um, Ryan Camp clearly is strong. And then Verstringen, I think that's Emily Verstringen. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's clearly on a good run of form and him. And if Tebow gets healthy, I'd say those, those guys would be the main competing for the podium. Um, maybe, maybe Cameron Mason, uh, the Dendermon ride was, was well, but I don't foresee that being kind of similar to the Fayetteville course. I guess if it's muddy, it takes a similar type of power profile, but pretty different courses. A lot of names have been mentioned and it's a lot of different riders and that kind of makes it difficult for us to know what to expect. I mean, if you have uh, three, four riders, it's easy to say, well, if it comes down to a sprint, this rider, but with eight riders who can potentially become world champion, it's hard. But we do know that there are a couple of riders who will not be gambling on their sprint, probably Pim Ronaar after losing the sprint for the World Cup victory. Kamp also doesn't really seem that confident about his sprint, but on the other hand, he won the European Championships in a sprint. A rider that will be gambling on his sprint is probably Thibaut Nice. Do you guys think that if you go into the last lap together with Thibaut Nice, that there is anyone who can beat him either on the road or in a sprint? Yeah, that's gonna be that's that's gonna be tough. If he makes it to the last lap and you know, we, we know that he has a very good sprint in him. Then it's going to be a little bit tougher. I, I, I would agree on that. But I I just feel that he's not going to be playing. He's going to play a role, but he's not going to play that role to be in the last lap in that position and to fight for a podium. I just, I, do, I don't see it happen. It, you know, it can surprise me and uh, we are only predicting. It can always be that uh, that it will play out different than what we are saying right now. But yeah, I I feel that it's just coming a little bit too early, and that it's just not not going to be able to to happen. And uh, but if he managed to get in the last lap, for sure, that is he's going to be probably the most dangerous rider uh, to take with you into a last lap. I tend to agree with you, Assam. It's very hard to beat Thibaut Nice in a sprint. Also, not impossible. We've seen major upsets, and it's a championship, so. As you have said a lot of times on this podcast already, anything can happen, also in a sprint for the world title. We'll need to wait and see. A final name I would still like to touch upon myself is Niels van der Putten. He had a very good start to his season. The last couple of weeks, it's not really been there. He's also only raised the World Cup in the under-23 category. We don't really know if there's anything up behind the scenes, but to the best of our recollection, there's nothing that's going on with Niels van der Putten. Probably just not great form. But a rider like Niels van der Putten can always surprise at a championship because at the end of the day, he's a last year under 23 and he is talented as we've seen earlier in the season. Time for some predictions in this category as well. 
Tuan, what do you think for the podium? I think uh, we'll see a uh, Thibaut Nice World Championships ahead of Pim uh, Ronhaar and Ryan Kant. And what do you think, Esam? I will go with Ryan Kamp as the world champion. Um, and then on second, Cameron Mason. Third, Mace Hendricks. I will be going with Mace Hendricks ahead of Pim Ronhaar and Thibaut Nice. Let's talk about the junior men's category then. Throughout this season, David Haverdings has been the dominant rider in that category. Do you guys also see him as the clear favorite for the world championships? I mean, you cannot get around it. Eh? He was everywhere where he started almost. He has won. Uh, I think there were only two or three races where he wasn't able to win. And, you know, I, for me, it's uh, quite clear. Eh? It's the main favorite for in Fayetteville. If he doesn't win, it's going to be a disappointment for him. And, you know, based on the results and solely on the results, you know, he's the clear favorites. If it's going to be a fast parkour, you know, it's still going to be something for him. It's not that he's going to struggle a lot. So he has to do what he does best. And that's just dominate a race, be at the front, make sure that he doesn't make any mistakes. Don't be nervous. And then I don't really see how, how he can lose. But, you know, it's cyclocross in the end. So mechanicals can happen and... You know, everything is possible, but uh, you would be mad if you wouldn't take him as the main favorite for this uh, category. Yeah, I think he is looking uh, very solid throughout the year, um, really putting a stamp on most of the races. And while some of them definitely have been close battles, he has come out of uh, on top of most of them. Haverdings this year has some pretty insane stats. I mean, he won 84% of the races he started. That means that he won 16 out of 19 races. Only in his first race of the season, Bredene, he was beaten. He had a bit of bad luck. On the Vanberg, he ended second behind Docks. And in Boom, he ended second behind Corsus. Jordi Corsus and Aaron Docks are the only riders this year to have won a junior race when David Haverdings was at the start. It's pretty insane, and I think that Haverdings, because of that, there's no way you can go around it, is the clear favorite. Isam, you said that you thought that only the victory counts for David Haverdings at the World Championships. When we spoke with him earlier, he said something else about that, so we'll listen to that right now. Uh, I think after this season, the um, medal was good, and uh, yeah, I, I'm happy with the medal, and... Um, it's, it's just that uh, little touch that it makes it uh, 100% perfect the season if I win, but it's uh, it's not uh, the it, it is a big goal. But if I not uh, if I not win and I get a medal, I'm also happy. Now we're hearing from David. Let's hear who he thinks are the main favorites besides himself. Who will his main contenders be? Because we already spoke about David, that he had an insanely strong season. But now we'll also hear what he thinks about the other riders participating. I think uh, Aaron Dox is the, is the most uh, favorite guy. And I think Jordi Kors is also after their, uh, the title of yesterday. That gives him uh, a lot of motivation, I think, to, to, yeah, to ride good. And um, 
Luca Lasseur. Yeah, there are a lot of guys that, that can win, I think. Uh, Nathan Schmidt from the UK is also really strong. I think the biggest favorites are Alan Docks, Jack Springer and Nathan Schmidt. Well, we just heard what David thinks. What do you think, Twan? Who will the main challengers for him be? I think the main challenger for David Hardings, it's... Uh, well, it, of course, it depends on the conditions of the course, but uh, it probably is Nathan Smith. Um, but uh, there is quite a few guys, as he said as well, out there uh, that can put up a very good fight. I would indeed also tend to go for Smith. There were, as said, only two riders able to win a race when Haverdings was starting, but that could well have been three because Nathan Smith was leading in Namur. 15 seconds was the gap until we had a double puncture. I mean, that's just super unfortunate. I think he could have won that race without it. I was there. He looked super strong. That course might be a bit heavier than what we're going to now. We've already said enough about the course and the potential that it has, what can happen there. But yeah, I am indeed looking at Nathan Smith. But it's a championship. There's a ton of things that can go wrong. I mean, it's almost a thing now. Anything can happen. Well, in a way, it's still true. You can say it as much as you want, but you can dance around it. Anything can actually happen. And if we look at it, for Smith, he's had a lot of bad luck this season, including at the British Championships. So I hope that his bad luck is now empty and I think that Smith is one of the few riders that can come very close to Haverdings potentially needs a muddy course for that doesn't look like one but is some outside of Smith and Haverdings who are your picks and what do you think that they can do yeah I mean to be honest if you look to Jordi courses the Belgium champion has been going quite well the last couple of races um, the only one that was able to follow Haverdings in Hamme. Hamme is obviously a parkour that was, you know, a little bit faster than um, than than you know, other races that we have seen. But that can be that can be a factor. I think Corsus has, you know, having the momentum, and it's a world championship. Everything can happen. I think him, you know, he is definitely one of the guys to to watch out for. Uh, other names, I think the French guy Luca Lesseur, also a guy, you know has been doing a quite a good season some some very outstanding results as well hasn't been winning races when when Haverdings and the others are there but he has always been up there and i think uh, for a podium he's definitely you know a contender and for the top five for sure yeah lesser was up there in flamanville second in absence of the belgians but i think we have to mention it luca paletti the italian he was one of the potential outsiders for the title or at least a medal. But Paletti, who ended on the podium of the European Championships, is not participating. He is in quarantine because there was a positive test within the Italian team. And that meant that the close contacts who haven't, uh, haven't received the booster vaccine are in quarantine. So that's no Paletti there. It's a shame. I do agree that Lesser is a dangerous man, but personally I'm tending more towards courses and docks. This weekend in Hamme, courses were strong. He was staying with Haverdings, although I think that Haverdings didn't go all out until the sprint. Haverdings, I think, wanted to see can I also win a race in a sprint if it's possible. But courses, first year, became Belgian champion, has a very good technique. I think that Corses is definitely one of the riders who can get a medal. 
But Twan, do you think that courses as a first year will be able to cope with the pressure? Or do you think that that might even not be as big of a factor because the second years don't have the experience of racing a world championship? Yeah, I think in that way, indeed, they do have kind of equal footing of not having experienced too many championships yet uh, at, well, uh, more international level. Um, and I think, I mean, if you're able to become a uh, Belgian champion in a junior category, you are usually one of the guys that's up there. And I think he dealt with the pressure well uh, during that race. So I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do uh, at the World Championships. And if you would need to pick a lead Belgian rider in the result, would you be going with Corses, Docs, or someone else? Um, I, I think you let all of them ride for their own best result and you try to encourage them to not ride against each other because uh, helping each other out a little bit can help your own race as well by being able to sit on Haverdings when he has to close the gap on one of the other guys, for example. Um, but I think on the faster courses... Uh, maybe Alan Dox is the best out of the three. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily meaning as leader, I meant more in terms of a result. And then I tend to agree with you, Dox on the faster courses has been a bit better. I know the Belgians are pretty charmed by Dox because he's been very good in the newcomers category. Personally, I haven't really seen it anymore the second part of the season from Dox. He was always struggling a bit, he didn't look good at the Belgian Championships. So I think that for Docs, I mean, he's tipped from within side a lot. That he's always there at championships, but I feel like people might be stuck a bit at the narrative of the newcomers category. Docs is good, Docs is a winner, he's always there. And that for this season, personally, I haven't really seen it except at the European Championships. Doesn't mean that it's not possible, but I think that these are definitely a couple of dangerous riders. I was also thinking about another Belgian, Victor van der Berge, but van der Berge has not really been that great the last recent weeks. So that's also somebody who I keep in the back of my head when I look at the potential good result. Do you have any other riders, Isam? I think it will be interesting to see what uh, the American Jack Springer can do. I personally think it's going to be tough to get in a top five, but you know, you never know when you are in your own country with the support of, of of the nation and i think there will always be a plus for him he will have that advantage even though it's a small advantage but it's still you know for some they can really uh, you know get get a, a big boost from that and you know his result in dendermonde was uh, quite uh, impressive with the second place his european campaign wasn't bad at all and i'm I'm looking forward to see what he can do. It would be very good for for American cyclocross if he's able to to fight with the guys up front and you know fight for a top five or even a podium. I think it will be difficult for Spranger indeed. You're right, Islam. But who can we hear better from than Ian Akert? He is the runner-up at the Pan American Championships, which was won by Jack Spranger. He's been racing against him for quite a while now. So let's hear what Ian Eckert thinks about the chances of Jack Spranger. He is another one for sure up there. He, I've been racing him since September and he could definitely, he's got the power for sure. He's got the skill, even though the course is lacking a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I believe he could also be top five, definitely fighting for the podium. I believe he still has front row start 
so that's a huge help. For me, Sprangard's season has been just a bit too inconsistent for me to really consider him to be one of the main favorites for a podium. Of course, he will be up there. I think he will be fighting for top five. But the consistency for me hasn't been there to see him as a really big contender for one of the podium places. But he can surprise us. And whilst we're talking about Americans, I've heard Frank O'Reilly being tipped as well from that selection. Haven't really seen a lot from him to be honest. But I mean, probably the talent is there. And when we're at North Americans, it will be interesting to see how they deal with the fact that they weren't able to race for a couple of weeks following the final race that they did until now. For most of them, that was the Herentals. And one of them is Ian Ackert, who we just heard from. He is aiming for a top 10, maybe a top 15. He's been on the podium of some Belgian races as well. These Belgian races are the ones that gave Spranger really the attention. So what do we think that Ian can do then? Well, he can he can surprise us for sure. I think that um, it is realistic that he is that he is able to fight for the top ten. Uh, I I think that uh, the top five will be tough. But then again, he has that advantage that he went overseas quite early. He is already there in the continent. While the others, uh, they have to make that big trip. Some are not really good with handling that and don't really know how to cope with that. Uh, I don't think everybody was was going to the States already. For some, it's maybe even their first time. So uh, you don't really know how how the the Europeans will handle that. And uh, that can always play in, in his hand. And obviously, without that, you know, he has uh, the abilities to be able to get, get a top 10 and, and even fight for a top 5. Why not? And I mean, Ackert needed to get in a rhythm, get used to things in his early races here at the World Cups. But after that, 16 Zolder, two podiums in Gulligem and Herentals, second at the Pan American Championships, won a couple of races on that side of the ocean. I think this is another first year who is strong, a lot of very strong first years, perhaps due to the fact that the second years don't really have experience as a benefit. But personally, I don't expect him on the podium. But he could be a rider in the top 10 and i think with that we've discussed all the names that are up there for a podium finish so time for predictions what do you guys think for places one two and three twan go first i have david Haverings as the winner ahead of nathan smith and aaron docks and what do you have Isan? i will go with Haverings first place and then nathan smith in second just hoping that for him it will be a very good day. And then Korsius in third, but I think that, you know, he has a very big shot of, of winning, but, you know, we will see what happens. I think that is the top three I will go for. I mean, most people go for Harvarding Smith. Our preview, which we posted on our Instagram, it shows Helen Wyman's, Wyman has Harvarding Smith van der Berg as podium. Jens Decker has Harvarding's Doc Smith. Elodie Kuiper has Havenings Lesser Courses, so there's a bit of variation there. If we look at Ian Aker, the rider who was participating, he has Havarding Smith Spranger. I have the same as Islam, Havarding Smith Courses, but just for the sake of it, I will swap courses with my number four, Lesser. So my prediction on the podcast will be Havarding Smith and Lesser. This season there's been one dominant rider in the junior women's category, Zoe Buckstedt. She won all junior women's races she started, even won a race with the Elite. 
has only been beaten by another junior once this year in Overijse. Who do you guys think that can stop her? Or do we need to conclude that without bad luck, nobody can stop her? Yeah, without bad luck, no. Uh, with bad luck, yes, I can see her lose. But without... I think then, you know, she needs to have a very bad day, in my opinion. I think that she has been shown that she's very strong. Didn't lose from Bentfeld a single time. And, you know, I mentioned Bentfeld immediately because that is the second woman behind her that you know those are the two that we have to look uh towards and i think that buckstead definitely has the upper hand there and it will be interesting to see how how that race will go because i think we will be, all be surprised if if it's not going to buckstead and there will be a different winner there at the uh, women junior category so i personally think that it will be very hard for the others to beat buckstead um, at the world championships I can only agree with this on uh, Boxette, the clear favorite. Um, even uh, after her struggles with COVID, coming back quite strongly. So not really putting her position in any doubt. Twan, a couple of times this season, you've already said Boxette Benfeld, you can already fill it in before the race is even ridden. You think Boxette can be filled in already before the World Championships? Do you think the same about Benfeld? I think uh, Benfeld, it's not quite as 100% certain, um, but there is a high likelihood of her becoming second. Um, every time she has struggled with uh, getting that uh, second place or winning when Buxted wasn't there, she still does manage to come out on top, which I think shows that she still has that like 1% that she needed even on a bad day. I think that Bentfeld would have faced opposition from Valentina Corvi. Corvi has been very good in the second part of this season, but there's no need to talk about Corvi, unfortunately, because she is in quarantine for the same reason as Paletti, which we just mentioned. So that's unfortunate news. I think that it should indeed be Buxet Bentfeld for places one and two without anything crazy happening. For the third place, however, there are a lot of riders this year who've taken that place, been close to that place. Who do you guys think at the World Championships will be in contention for that third place? Yeah, obviously, Corvi and Fancina are not there, like you said. And I think, uh, you know, Halter is also not uh, attending, but that has nothing to do with the COVID, but, um, you know, uh, personal things with school. So then, yeah, it's 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 a bit hard to, to then place someone there I think Frederica Venturelli has been doing quite well uh, Eliska Anakova has been riding also uh, very good that Czech uh, girls that are been have been riding they have been riding quite well so interested to see what they're gonna do uh, Laura Molegraaf has been doing quite well as well so I think you know that 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 might be very interesting that battle for third and I think that um, that it will be in a very interesting race not for the victory probably but the places behind on the podium are going to be, I, I think, entertaining to watch. Yeah, and I think you can add uh, Gladikova, uh, Julia Kopecki, and Lilo Fabregu as well. Probably a few more on a good day that can uh, indeed fill out the rest of the podium. I think it doesn't stop there because McLean Howell has also been very strong, a bit under the radar, but I think this should be a course for her, definitely one that I'm keeping my eye on. Indeed, Van Sinai isn't here because she was one of the Belgians that tested positive for COVID. 
but we still haven't mentioned Ava Holmgren or Catherine Sarkisov. Both have been on the podium of Belgian races as well. So I think that it's going to be a very open battle for that third place. Who takes it will purely come down to the form of the day. I expect it to be one of the Czech riders. Thinking which one, that's very, very hard. But those are really these Czech riders. They are four. There's, they're with four. Four that can end on the podium. So I think that we should be looking at that group of riders. Because just by the numbers they have a better chance at it. But at the same time, Venturelli, this is her type of course. It's predicted to be somewhat faster than normal. Venturelli in Hoogerheide this weekend in the World Cup with the Elites on the section Descent plus Stairs. She had the eighth time on the day. That meant she was 15 seconds quicker than Benfeld, I think, over the entire race. And that's quite a lot considering the time difference between these two. There's a big stair section here as well. Also some downhills where you need to send it. So if Venturelli can match the same times there as what Betsema can do, I think it will be between Venturelli and then one or two Czech riders to fight for that podium place and my dark horse McLean Howell. But I think it's going to be very open. And do you guys also expect that this will be a group or do you guys expect that it will be pulled apart? Because the Buckstead, I mean, it's not Van der Poel, but they ride in a similar way, set out fast, pull it apart. Do you think that it will group together behind or do you think that it will be a matter of who can stay with Buxet and Benfeld for the longest amount of time? There, There is a delicate balance between staying there long enough and then eventually riding your own tempo uh, before blowing up and yeah, staying there slightly too long and then losing out completely. I think uh, we'll see a combination of the two and just uh, some falling back, some pacing themselves back up and uh, we'll have an interesting battle throughout and who do you then see come out victorious at the end uh for me i think uh, gladikova has uh, the best papers so then your prediction is going to be boxed benfeld gladikova yes and what about you Issa? um i will go with boxed first i mean that's not a surprise and then I will go with Benfeld second, just thinking that that will be, you know, that she will um, do what she did the whole season, basically. And then Frederica Venturelli in third. Just to give a look at some of the predictions of other people who predicted on our Instagram, Jens Decker and Helen Wyman both have Ava Holmgren for third. Elodie Kuiper sides with you. She chooses Venturelli Isam. Then we have Ian Eckert choosing Hanakova, Ava Holmgren herself choosing Ladikova, just like you, Tuan. So I think that I will be going with Hanakova, although I haven't really mentioned her yet. But I think Julia Kopecki is also a dangerous rider, has road experience, is making the step to the next-gen team on the road. Let's talk a bit still, besides our predictions about Kopecki and Holmgren, who we heard from on the podcast, which will have the full stories tomorrow. About Kopecki, Tuan, you follow the woman cycling on the road quite a bit. I don't know, you know that she's making the step to the next-gen team, but has she really made any standout performances to you already on the road? Yulia Kopecki, I think, uh, riding one good race in the Basque countries. Uh, a Basque country, but uh, from what I can see... 
Uh, not directly some names that I recognize. Uh, yeah, just a good junior. Um, by choosing a Czech nationality, she gets some nice opportunities. And with moving to next gen, uh, she has a very nice team for next season on the road. Yeah, next gen, they have a eye for talent. And I mean, I think that that is correct. Kopecki didn't have the best start to the season. Also not the best end of the road season. Don't know the full story behind that. But... I think that the World Championships always provide us with surprises to come down who can deal with the pressure. And I think that Kopecki has that advantage that she did race the Road World Championships. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Kopecki in the mix for the podium. But just to finalize, my prediction for the podium will be Bakstedt, Benfeld, Hanakova. Then to finish off, one of the favorites we mentioned, Ava Holmgren, or well, we maybe mentioned her as one of the outsiders. But anyway, let's hear from her what her goals are for the World Championship. Um, my main goal would probably be a top five, but I really want that top uh, three spot on the podium. That would be amazing. But um, with everything um, that has happened so far, I'm already uh, satisfied with how my racing has been. And my season has been great, and I've already achieved so many goals so Anything that happens at the World Championships, I will be fine with. Well, I think we've had it then for this very long preview for the World Championships. Twan and Isam, thank you for wanting to be here today and speak with us. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for hosting. We look forward to this World Championships. It should be a very exciting weekend of racing. If you're wondering where you can find more information on these World Championships, make sure to check our website, cyclocross.social. There is a guide to everything up there. Thanks for listening. Make sure to share this with your cyclocross friends. Send us your predictions. You can either comment them on our Instagram or send them to us actually on our email address, which is posted in the description below. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.